0: Welcome to WADA, ADA Live Talk Radio. Brought to you by Southeast ADA Center, your leader for information, training, and guidance on the Americans with Disabilities Act. And here's your host.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to WADA, ADA Live. On behalf of the Southeast ADA Center, the Burton Blatt Institute at Syracuse University, and the ADA National Network, welcome to the 32nd episode of ADA Live. My name is Sally Weiss, and I am Director of Knowledge Translation for the Southeast ADA Center. Our guest today is Christy Dunaway, President of Dunaway Consulting, and also my colleague at the Southeast ADA Center. Prior to realizing her and her late husband's dream of starting their own business, Christy was Executive Director of Life of Mississippi for 14 years. Life of Mississippi is also the Mississippi State Affiliate for the Southeast ADA Center. Our topic today is Equal Access in Emergencies. ADA Live listening audience, you can submit your questions about this or any of our other ADA Live programs at any time on adalive.org. Christy, welcome to our show.
0: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Christy, I understand you've been asked by MEMA to serve as their new disability integration advisor. My first question: What does MEMA stand for? Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. Thank you. What are your responsibilities for MEMA?
0: Well, we started out uh, with the plan to for me to um, do accessibility surveys of pre-selected. Disaster recovery center locations. So each county in the state of Mississippi has an emergency manager, and we were going to ask those emergency managers to pre select three locations in their county that could be used as disaster recovery centers in the event of a disaster. And my plan, and my plan still, is to go out and do accessibility surveys of those locations and let them know uh, if they meet the requirements and if not what would need to be done to make changes or modifications to the building or the location Uh, and if it's too too difficult to do or or not cost effective then they would go out and seek uh, uh, yet another location so that's the original plan Uh, as soon as i signed the contract however we had a federally declared emergency with flooding so um It's changed a little bit. I'm doing a lot of technical assistance within the organization, um, training uh, and just teaching people on the job um, about disability-related services that are available in the state, um, where we can find assistance for individuals with disabilities who've been impacted. Uh, And I've been working very closely with the Federal Emergency Management Agency support staff who are here in the state to support us in the flooding. Thank you. Can you tell us what's involved in conducting an accessibility
1: survey of a disaster recovery center or DRC in the event you ever get a chance to do this?
0: Sure. Um, I have actually surveyed several. We've done seven so far. Um, they were not necessarily uh, pre planned or planned out. Uh, these were locations that were selected rather quickly when we realized that we were going to receive the federal declaration. And so I have gone out and done seven accessibility surveys. What I'm looking for in the event of an emergency when time is of the essence is good function. Um, and accessibility enough for an individual with a disability to be able to come into the center, seek the assistance that's available to them, use the bathroom, um, and be able to be able to access all of the programs and services that may be available in the center. So what I'm looking for is standard um, starting in the parking lot. We're looking for parking. Is there good uh, accessible parking available? Is it well-marked? Uh, is there good access um, and uh, up to the front door? Uh, can individuals with disabilities easily enter the front door on their own independently? Once they have uh, entered the disaster recovery center, uh, is the flow within the center good? Is there plenty of space between the tables um, and the organizations that are being represented there? Um, can they get up to the tables to uh, chat with the representatives that are available? Uh, In addition to that, FEMA uh, provides um, an accessibility communication kit to every disaster recovery center. Um, Those kits are, are on the truck and they're brought into the center as soon as it's opened. And in some cases, the FEMA staff, their disability integration staff, have not made it into the state yet. So I have learned how to set up that accessibility communication kit. Um, make sure that it's all working well and can actually show others now uh, at the center how it's used. And it comes in uh, very handy, quite frankly, for a number of people, particularly the elderly who are uh, hard of hearing um, or deaf. And then we look at the bathrooms to make sure that those bathrooms are fully accessible, that there's an accessible stall, um, that the sinks are at the right height, et cetera, so that individuals can use the restroom at that at that facility should they need to do so. So those are the basic things that we're looking for.
1: Christy, how does this management center differ from an actual shelter?
0: Well, the disaster recovery centers are not shelters. They are usually opened. Um, they, they will open once the state and the federal government have declared a disaster to be a federal disaster and we can seek federal assistance. So shelters are opened immediately uh, either before or or during um, an actual disaster. Shelters are places where people will go and stay overnight or for many nights if necessary and essentially live uh, and shelter um, during the event of the disaster until they can return home. The disaster recovery centers on the other hand are usually open several weeks after a disaster and it's not a It's not a sheltering situation. You don't stay. You go in um, and you seek the assistance from the federal government and the state government that may be available to you through uh, uh, small business administration loans or other resources in the state that can assist someone to uh, recover. From, from the disaster and to try to recover some of their losses. So they're short-term. You're only in there usually for a couple of hours at most, and you're not spending the night like you would be in a shelter.
1: Thank you very much for clearing that up. Mm-hmm. ADA Live listening audience, you can submit your questions about equal access and emergencies or other ADA Live programs at any time on adalive.org. And now a word from our sponsors. Life of Mississippi is the nonprofit center for independent living created through federal legislation in 1992. Life has enhanced the lives of over 35,000 individuals with disabilities since 1993. Building on our strengths, we have provided information to more than 170,000 people. We reach all four corners of the state and serve every county. No matter how old you are or where you live in Mississippi, We can help. Our board members and staff live with disabilities. We know what disability means to you. For more information about life or the services we provide, visit our website at www.lifeofms.com. Welcome back. We are talking with Christy Dunaway about assuring access in all aspects of emergency management for people with disabilities. Christy, where have you been over the past month?
0: Well, this, is, this has been an interesting disaster, actually. It's flooding, so uh, we had flooding both from the Mississippi River as well as the Pearl River, which is probably the next largest river that comes through the state. So we have had um, disaster declarations in, I think, 17 counties, and those counties have been up in the delta of the state, which uh, most of those counties front the Mississippi River. And then we've also had disaster declarations down in the Pine Belt region, which is about uh, a third of the way down the state, uh, a little bit closer to our our Gulf Coast uh, in the Hattiesburg area of the state. So we have gone from from the top of the state almost down to the bottom of the state in trying to serve individuals um, with disabilities that have been affected by this disaster.
1: What did you find when you visited these areas?
0: When I first started out, we started out in the Delta region of the state, up in North Mississippi, North Northwest Mississippi, along the Mississippi River. There was still a good bit of flooding, actually, when we first began um, going out into these counties. What we were looking for was to uh, the disaster recovery centers that had been selected by the state, by the county emergency management people. We were looking at those locations to determine if they would work for our purposes. Um, there's a lot more involved than just the accessibility of it. Um, FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, is also looking for things like space to bring their large truck in that provides them with um, Internet access and phone service and things like that. In addition, we have to make sure that it's safe. In other words, is there a local fire department nearby? Is there an ambulance service that serves that area? Uh, is there a local hospital or a medical clinic, et cetera? So we're looking for a number of different things, but... So we uh, looked at disaster recovery center locations in, in five different counties in northwest Mississippi in, in our Delta region, and we opened five disaster recovery centers um, in those five separate counties up there. So when I went out to visit the, the DRCs, some of the problems that we saw when we, when we arrived were uh, the locations uh, are often older Uh, older buildings and it's because the the uh, county emergency management agency is um, looking for places where they can do these disaster recovery centers in locations that are not going to cost any money and that no one has to rent or pay for and so we're looking at older buildings so a couple of the problems that we found was um, we didn't see any upright signs marking um, accessible parking for instance but the good thing about about FEMA is they have such incredible resources. Now, they do kind of have a lack of, of knowledge regarding accessibility. Um, often when we would walk into a bathroom, I would hear someone say, oh, okay, there's grab bars, uh, good, it's it's good. Uh, and I would walk in right behind them and go, oh, no, it's not good. Just because there are grab bars here does not mean that it's usable. So, um, So I was able to really educate the team that I was with, that grab bars are not the the, um, the always the the best solution necessarily for accessibility in a bathroom. The stalls need to be wide enough. There needs to be plenty of turnaround space in the stalls. A wheelchair user needs to be able to back up beside that toilet. Uh, there needs to be two grab bars as opposed to one. So, but their spirit was really great. Any time I mentioned an issue, for instance, um, the lack of of, of upright signage. Um, for parking spaces their attitude was no problem we will make them you know we've got the signs in the truck all we have to do is get some coffee cans and some quickcrete, and we will make these upright signs and, and put them up um, so when we need another grab bar in this bathroom otherwise it might be okay no problem we've got some grab bars in the truck we'll make sure that those grab bars are put up uh, tell us where it needs to be done And so what I found was that while they had a lack of knowledge about what was really needed, uh, they were more than willing and and happy to make the changes that I requested, and they had the resources and the means to do so.
1: We're going to pause now for another word from our sponsors.
0: The Southeast ADA Center is your leader in providing information, training, and guidance on the Americans with Disabilities Act and disability access tailored to the needs of business, government, and individuals at local, state, and regional levels. The Southeast ADA Center, located in Atlanta, Georgia, is a member of the ADA National Network and serves eight states in the Southeast region. For answers to your ADA questions, contact the ADA National Network at 1-800-949-4232.
1: Welcome back. We're talking with Christy Dunaway about accessibility in emergency management centers. Christy, it's been almost 11 years since Hurricane Katrina. What improvements have you seen?
0: In the state of Mississippi and nationally, I can say, um, I also serve as the chairperson for the National Council on Independent Living's Emergency uh, Response, uh, Emergency Preparedness Subcommittee. And so speaking, speaking from a state level, the improvements that we've seen has been the collaboration uh, between the organizations and the agencies. When Katrina hit the state of Mississippi 11 years ago, uh, the disability community had not at all been involved in any type of, of emergency management, not disaster preparedness, response, or recovery. And so we were not known. To, um, to emergency managers and to first responders. We were unable to assist. We were not allowed to enter shelters because uh, the people running the shelters didn't know us, uh, didn't know who we are. So we have changed that in the past 11 years. The collaboration here in the state is incredible, quite frankly. Um, Life of Mississippi in particular and myself are quite well known now within the emergency management community. Uh, in the state, we have been involved and included in task forces that are designing the emergency plan for the state of Mississippi. Uh, we have provided training to um, to the Mississippi Medical Corps, for instance, uh, to the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency support staff, and um, have been actively involved in um, and exercise simulations, overnight shelter stays, um, and things like that. So we are now, the disability community is now much, much more included and integrated into emergency management in the state. And so I think that's going to make a very significant difference in the event of the next uh, major disaster here. We are known, um, they, they now look to the disability community as being experts in the field, of the provision of services to people with disabilities in the event of a disaster. So that has been the most important change and the most positive change that we've seen since Hurricane Katrina. There are still some problems, obviously. Um, we still have some issues with sheltering. We still have some issues with with. Um, with the safety and the security of individuals with disabilities in the event of a disaster. Many people with disabilities would would choose to shelter in place as opposed to evacuate because of the major issues they have had in the past with sheltering. Um, Nationally that is improving some But whether or not it will translate to Mississippi and whether or not we will be successful in getting people with disabilities to actually evacuate in the event of an emergency remains to be seen. We hope so, uh, and we can uh, with confidence say to them that things are better, uh, that your needs will be much better met uh, than they would have been 11 years ago, and encourage them to evacuate, particularly in a mandatory evacuation situation. In addition, uh, the services, the recovery services that would be provided to folks with disabilities um, has improved significantly. Uh, MEMA now has me on board as a disability integration advisor and it will be my job to ensure that people with disabilities um, receive equal access and receive equal treatment and services uh, in the recovery process of a disaster.
1: Can you talk a little bit about some of the issues that people with disabilities faced that made them reluctant originally to go to shelters?
0: Sure. Um, often shelters were not shelters were not made very accessible for individuals with disabilities. We understand that in an emergency situation Time is of the essence, and we understand that uh, that many of the agencies and organizations, such as Red Cross, for instance, that are operating these shelters, uh, they're looking for free space, you know, space that they don't have to spend money to, uh, for, to rent. Um, and so they just had not been well-trained, the the folks working in, in the uh, shelters had not been well-trained, and people with disabilities were not welcomed. Quite frankly, um, because they they no one knew how to quote unquote handle them, and so um, the the primary issue for people with disabilities here, for instance, in Hurricane Katrina, they didn't want to evacuate. When you have a disability and you live in a home that you have made comfortable for yourself and that meets the needs of your specific disability, it's very difficult to leave the comfort and the safety and the accessibility of your home and go to a place where you don't know if it's going to meet your needs or not. You don't know if you're going to be able to go to the bathroom or to take a shower in that location or to transfer onto to one of those shelter cots, you know. So... That's always been the biggest issue, is that people with disabilities did not want to evacuate because they didn't know they didn't know what they didn't know you know they they don't understand the unknown, and so they they had no idea if they would be comfortable in a sheltering situation or not. Um, that has changed, it has improved and and again we we have gotten the word out to the disability community as best as we can in an effort to assure them that things are better. Uh, than they were so that perhaps uh, in the next emergency they will evacuate. Thank you. How can the disability
1: community and advocates get more involved?
0: You know, in in Mississippi and nationwide, what I would say is this. Uh, people with disabilities, in order for us to be understood, in order for our culture, our philosophy, and our needs, to be understood, you've got to get involved. You've got to you've got to become integrated. So we always suggest to the disability community that if if the emergency management field is not reaching out to you and seeking your suggestion, suggestions and your guidance, then reach out to them. Um, ask to be placed on task forces, for instance, that are designing or developing state emergency plans. Ask to be included in exercise simulations for sheltering. Um, or, for disaster recovery, um, what we 've learned over the years is that is that while sheltering exercises uh, may include disability related issues, they 're not including people with disabilities so you've got you 've got able bodied people out there with a t shirt on that that says I am blind and and pretending to be someone who has a visual impairment or who is blind. And, of course, we all know that that's not going to work. And so what we encourage the disability community to do, reach out to your state emergency managers, reach out to your uh, state health departments and your state departments of human services, and offer to sit at the table with them, to help them design their plans and their services, and to be actively involved. It's the surest and safest way to ensure that your needs are going to be met in the event of a disaster.
1: Christy, how do people find their local DRC? Where would they go to look?
0: So looking for the DRC, it's going to be really pretty obvious. Um, The Mississippi Emergency Management Agency, and I'm sure this is the case for other states, they do a really remarkable job of publicity. Um, And so they get the word out as to where the locations are going to be. And they they begin doing that as soon as they are opened. Um, that information goes out over the radio, the Internet. Um, the, the local media will always run that information because they're, they're just as interested in seeing that their local community gets assistance too. So, um, so they have a great uh, public relations team, also known as External Affairs, and they do a really great job of getting the information out to the community.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate the time you've given us. At this time, I would like to thank Christy Dunaway, President of Dunaway Consulting, for joining us today on WADA ADA Live, and thank you also to our ADA Live listening audience. The Southeast ADA Center is grateful for your support and participation in this series of WADA ADA Live broadcasts. Remember, you may submit questions about any of our ADA Live topics by going to adalive.org. If you have questions about the Americans with Disabilities Act, please contact your regional ADA center at 1-800-949-4232. That's 1-800-949-4232. All calls are free and confidential. Join us next month on Wednesday, June 1st, at 1 o'clock Eastern for Episode 33, where we will be discussing access to voting. See you next month, On WADA ADA Live.
0: Thank you for listening to ADA Live Talk Radio. Brought to you by the Southeast ADA Center. Remember to join us the first Wednesday of each month for another ADA topic. And you can call 1 800 949 4232 for answers to your ADA question.